Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to episode 94 of the Marathon Running Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about how important your VO2 max number really is. This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got The Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, and inspirational and let the marathon running podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond hey runners welcome to episode 94 we're ryan and letty and we do a weekly marathon running podcast where we talk about all things training nutrition motivation you name it and we bring experts to you and we're gonna do that this week just like we did for the last 94 weeks (laughs) hi ryan we're ready and then pretty soon it'll be centennial yes once we hit that milestone of doing a hundred marathons that's gonna be amazing marathons I mean, 100 marathon episodes. Who knows? Maybe in life we'll reach that number of 100. How many marathons have you done? I've done about 40. So You got to catch up. Yeah. Give me me a few more years. 20 years, maybe. How many do you do a year? I don't know. There were some years where I did 12. Holy cow. And now I'm just kind of slowing down, I guess. You know, getting older. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm not getting older. (laughs) Never. So we're going on a trip. We are? So you're going on a trip for work, but you'll be in a different city. So you excited? No, I mean, it's interesting. You know, it's it's for work, so it's going to be kind of a conference style. And um, I mean, I'm going to miss the kids, especially because it's Dr. Seuss week. And in America, that means you dress up your kids differently every single day. So, you know, I did the prep work. You're welcome. (laughs) You just have to go to the closet and pick out the clothes for each day. Close of the day. Yes. So yeah, I'm going out of town to Orlando. Which is two and a half hours away or bloody time, three and a half hours. But that'll give you the opportunity to run in a new place. I'm excited for that. Yes, because, you know, it gets kind of mundane. I've been running a lot of miles, a lot of 10 mile runs, and it does get a little bit boring to go through the same neighborhood. I don't know how people do it on a treadmill. So I used to live in Orlando and there are also some really nice areas and neighborhoods. Um, I remember I actually used to live on Lake Eola, which is kind of near downtown, and I used to run my bike to work, which was straight south of there. But you get to go through these kind of cool neighborhoods that have lakes and brick streets, and it's not too busy. So you could kind of point you in directions that might be kind of cool to run. That's cool, Ryan. I want you to show me some places on the map so I actually know where I can get some good runs in. And of course, you know me, I can't go running well at the Garmin. I got to track all that stuff. Yeah, you go by that VO2 max all the time, don't you? 
Yeah, which is today's topic. So we're going to talk to head coach David Levine whether or not that VO2 max number is really the end game. And spoiler alert, I'm aware it's probably not, but it is kind of nice to have something on your Garmin where you can track your fitness. So Letty, did you know that your VO2 max is reduced by 1% to 2% for every 390 feet above 5,000 feet in elevation? Yes, I kind of talked to him about that, actually. Did you? Yeah, we talked about, um, I don't know if it was on the recording or not, but we talked about how your VO2 max changes uh, depending on what the perfect altitude is, you know, with the oxygen consumption, how it can be really good and ideally good if you live at uh, over 6,000 feet above sea level and then how it kind of goes down after that. So in Orlando, you're going to be a whopping 82 feet above sea level. I wonder if my VO2 max is going to go up. <laughs> it probably it, will compared to... I don't um, think it makes a difference. It's not high enough. <laughs> I know, but we're at sea level now, so... It's not high enough <laughs> to make a difference. You don't think so? No. I'll show you different. I'm going to make that number go up. <laughs> uh, it'll probably go up because you know why? Why? I'm going to get all the rest in the world. No children are going to interrupt my sleep. And I'm going to have some nice, slow training runs. And uh, we'll see. We'll see you after next week. Want to do a bet? Let's just say one week and I'll get it up one point. I win. What do I get? You get one gummy bear for every point you raise it. I think you think you're talking to your kids because I can very well buy my own gummy bears, right? No. You really like gummy bears. <laughs> you're like half gummy bear, really. I feel like I'm half gummy bear right now. <laughs> Out of the things, like you like don't like sugary things unless it comes in gummy form. Anyway, so without any further ado, we're now going to play our... Very informational episode with David Levine. All right. So I'm back on with head coach of the LA Roadrunners, David Levine. David, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you for your interest. Absolutely. Yes. And we had a successful podcast and I already told, told you all about the positive feedback we have gotten for our Polarize Your Runs podcast, where you run slower to become faster ultimately. So kind of along those same lines, there is this term called VO2 max and everybody knows about it. And we love it so much because it's the one number that we get on our Garmin that we can truly yeah. compare ourselves to, you know, not comparing ourselves to other runners in the community because everybody has this different lifestyle and genetic makeup. So this VO2 max number shows up on our garment and we know that we need to get it bigger because that means we're better. So I kind of wanted to start with the basics with you. Um, maybe we can dive into that topic today. Well, you know, let me start with a simpler topic. There are other factors. That's a big one. But there are other factors that create fitness. You know, your ability to get to the finish line of a marathon faster. You know, we'll call that fitness, Right. Um, there, are other, there are other elements that would enable you to have greater fitness more than just the VO2 max number. I mean, we all want this VO2 max number because it's going up and up and up to say, oh, yeah, I'm now way, way better than anyone else that has that VO2 max number. Now, that's not completely true, you know, um, because you can have stronger anaerobic fitness, meaning your anaerobic threshold can be higher, 
your ability to run faster at higher levels um, can, can, where you're not using oxygen at all, you know, can be stronger from one person to another. And so your VO2 max isn't the perfect and only indicator of fitness. So basically two of the factors are VO2 max and then your anaerobic fitness level, meaning mm -hmm. how you can run taking in less oxygen and just working by using mm -hmm. your glycogen system. Yep. Instead of burning fat, like you do with the aerobic system, you now mm -hmm. burn glycogen, but we've talked about that before. That doesn't last more than 90 minutes. What are mm -hmm. some other factors that would affect mm -hmm. your overall fitness? Really the volume of training that you do. Um, that would probably be a great, and genetics. I, I hate to say it, but you know, the, the genetics, um, the, the more, the more hormones, human growth hormone, hormone, creatine kinase hormone, all these hormones that help you recreate muscle tissue and cellular growth, um, all of those hormones, if you can create more of them, you can recover faster. If you can recover faster, you can do more and more training will give you greater fitness. Fitness meaning just this total general term of all sorts of things like more red blood cells, more capillary veins and arteries, more mitochondria, more hemoglobin, more stroke, stronger stroke rate, um, on and on and on, venous return, all these things that we add up to fitness. Um, I just a huge list of things. The more time spent at different levels of intensity, different heart rate, the more of these things you get. Okay, so, so yeah. VO2 max basically just comes down to being one of a big puzzle. Yeah, it's a good factor. It's a good, it's a great number. You know, it's, you can see this number and it's a number. And I could see why Garmin loves to use that number. And I think Polar started using that. It's become like the new fad number, you know, and it's like a cool thing. You can, you know, like miles, I can see I'm at two miles, I'm at three miles, I'm at four miles. It's a ratioed scale that you can see, okay, I'm getting better, but unfortunately it's better in one way, not all ways. Got it? So it is better. You're, you're able, you're more efficient at using oxygen to metabolize fat as a resource for fuel. But what about other things like glycogen? Um, it wouldn't really help enormously if you're a sprinter. If you're a sprinter, VO2 max probably wouldn't be a huge determiner of much of anything because um, you're, you're using creatine kinase for seven seconds of your 100 meter sprint or whatever it is. Um, so that, that for us endurance athletes, yeah, it's kind of a nice numbered scale that has some value. It, it's a valuable tool, but it's not the end all be all for everything. Yes. And that's so important that you pointed that out because now we could work on it just as much as we work on other factors when it comes to our runnings, like, you know, the training volume, brain training, all that stuff. So it basically should be looked at as just one of the many factors that we can work on. Yeah, it's a factor, but yeah, not the factor. Okay. I'm sure Garmin would love to think that everyone thinks, wow, this is it. 
you know, this is if I can raise my VO2 max, you know, this is it. This is what I want. Well, it's one factor, but, you know, it's a good one, but not all. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So then if we want to work on the VO2 max factor, uh, what type of training would improve it most? So could you maybe get into that mm -hmm. a little bit? Real simple. Um, the type of training to raise your VO2 max most is going to be the type of training where you're using the most oxygen, low heart rate, slow, low intensity. Um, now you can raise the bar a little bit from doing speed work, but speed work is when you run high heart rate, when you run fast, you're raising the bar on where you're still utilizing fat as a resource for fuel, right? And if you're using fat at a higher heart rate as a resource for fuel, then you're also using oxygen at a higher heart rate. You're still using oxygen, right? You haven't hit, you're raising your anaerobic threshold, which is what threshold runs are. You're raising your anaerobic threshold, so you're still use, using fat at a higher heart rate now. So the combination of the two, a little speed work, high heart rate work, and that's what we mean by speed work, high heart rate work, generally speaking, and um, a little, a lot of low heart rate work, that's where you're going to raise your VO2 max. And, and that's where you're going to have the greatest result. Okay. Yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you. And that's, that's where you're going to have your greatest results in general anyway, in building fitness. It kind of all fits together, you know? So, yeah. <clears throat> and how would the uh, weekly volume of miles influence your VO2 max? Um, the, well, in general, the more volume you do, the more you impact or generate growth in all of those different factors that help us build endurance. All the physiology that we change inside of us that we don't see, we don't really even feel, but suddenly we have the ability to go farther and farther and farther and faster and faster and faster. That's physiological change inside of us um, and neurological change. But the greater volume we do, the more we impact all of those physiological things that in combination, in tandem, give us greater fitness. Okay. I that, 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 that question. Sense. I'm not sure. No, no, you did. It makes, that makes complete sense. Um, and I would also want to know, about the VO2 max, because I read that, you know, mm -hmm. like you said earlier, it could be hereditary related training, mm -hmm. age, gender, body composition. Yep. Can you maybe talk a little bit about how that factors in with those numbers? Well, you know, unfortunately, genetics, we haven't figured out a way to completely change. Um, you know, I mean, there are some drugs that enable us to regrow muscle tissue quicker, you know, called steroids and all, but um, those are illegal. You know, I'm not promoting any of that. It also has very harmful negative side effects that none of us want. But um, you, you can't really change hereditary factors. Because, um, basically, a lot of that has to do with you're just getting more hormones, like you, you could from illicit drugs that could kill you. But the, the, what your body can generate is, is healthy 
And you, if, if you're generating as, you know, for example, there are people, genetically speaking, who are on the international level, who are winning marathons, triathlons, endurance sport, who have a VO2 max. This would probably be about as high as has ever been recorded that I've heard of, like 84 VO2 max of like 85 would be really high up there. Um, that's genetics. That's just enormous genetics. Um, on the other hand, those people can be beaten by someone who had great genetics and had a VO2 max of like 78, which is still up there, but not as high as the highest. Got it? So there are other variables, you know, to, to even VO2 max. But yeah, you could be born with, and also, you know, there is an element, you could be born with a higher VO2 max, but a lot of that has to do with their finding with people, children who start at a very young age, like the Kenyan runners. <clears throat> there is a, a little valley called the Rift Valley in Kenya, where all the international Kenyan runners come from. Most of Kenya does not have these super uber human runners. It's a valley where they start very young and they run to school. They may run two to five miles to school and then they have to run home for lunch and then they have to run to school again and then they have to run home after school. And they found, I actually talked to a guy who told me this, um, they just simply found as they became more efficient as children, it was a lot faster to get there and they saved a lot of time just running instead of walking, right? So they became very efficient at running. Also, they're born at elevation. We find that if you grow up at 6,000 to 7,000 feet of elevation, which is where most of these people live in the Rift Valley, you have a higher VO2 max level. You have higher red blood cell count. Um, uh, you know, that's where the people train or live at Mammoth Lakes. Um, the, a, a disgusting, disturbing story is when um, Lance Armstrong wanted to do blood doping. All those guys lived in Mammoth Lakes for, for like three, four months until their red blood cell count was through the roof. And then they withdrew all that blood, froze it. And then right before the race, they would inject that blood back into their bloodstream, which was just disturbingly illegal and but that's where they got the red blood cells from is when they were at six thousand seven thousand feet well if you can grow up in that kind of environment as a child it's not just genetics it's where also where you grow up at elevation um and all of those things combined is genetics where you grow up what your elevation is what you do as a child you know, you can raise your VO2 max from all of those things. Um, so those of us who don't have the benefit of growing up between six and 7,000 feet of elevation where our homes could be, having amazing genetics from our parents, having run 10 miles a day as a child, um, like they do in the Rift Valley in Kenya to get to and from school, 
you know, we generally speaking have a lower VO2 max rate to begin with, but we can slowly train ourselves to get a little higher. We'll never get up to 70 or 80 maybe, but we can get up to 60, uh, you know, 50 certainly. Uh, most of us are lower than that. You know, I, I would say 45 would be a pretty good VO2 max rate. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I never knew that. Um, I didn't know that growing up at altitude and exercising at that makes you more efficient also as an adult. Yeah, it's, it's not just training, but other factors as well. But in general, it's the volume that you have, the volume of time as a, as a child growing up at elevation, you know, the, the volume of time you spend doing endurance work. It's basically the volume you know, you get more and more and more and more. How, okay, this is kind of nerdy, but so how, how is it that it matters what you did 10 years ago? Say you're a child and you grow up at altitude mm -hmm. and you play sports and then you go to college, you don't do anything. And then in your thirties, you pick up marathoning again. Do you believe that you would still be at an advantage mm -hmm. over somebody else and why? Yes, I do. Because when you grow up as a child, it seems as though you maintain. Now, if you go to Mammoth Lakes and live at a place for a month, you know, you're, you're, no question, your ability to utilize oxygen, your red blood cell count, your hemoglobin, what we call oxygen transport system, which is what VO2 max is all about. You know, your ability to utilize more oxygen. You get more of all that stuff right? Just from living there. But when you're an adult, unlike a child, when you're an adult, it, you don't maintain it. After like three days, you're already losing it, you know? So if you want to live at, you know, elevation, six to 7,000 feet studies show, you get maximum elevation benefits. Above that, you get less and less and less. Below that, you get less and less and less. But Six, seven thousand feet studies have shown that's kind of the elevation. So you live there for four weeks, you come back and like the next day you'll be on fire. You'll have a killer race at sea level and beat all your friends who are, you were struggling to keep up with. But after a couple of days, you'll lose it all, which is horribly unfair. But have you, have, if you grew up with it as a child, um, you maintain more, not fair. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's interesting. I mean, that's, uh, hopefully there won't be people sending their kids up North just because they want to have more efficient endurance runners. So it'd be a pretty extreme. Right. <laughs> and, and you'll note, you know, the Kenyan runners come over here for a week or two or whatever, and they're still, you know, have these incredible systems, you know, it's, they grew up with it. So you were mentioning something about red blood cells too. And obviously mm -hmm. it's illegal to take your blood out, take your red blood cells and inject them. But are there other things we can do in that aspect? Is there anything else we can do to enhance the way that we carry oxygen in our blood that is um, legal? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, there, there absolutely is. And by the way, what, what I described is called blood doping. That's what blood doping is. It's you, you just get get you get you, usually you buy blood that has more red bloods blood cell count higher blood red blood cell count and all of that stuff 
But um, in this case, those guys were going up and creating their own blood with higher red blood cell count, freezing it, and then injecting it, which is so incredibly illegal. I can't even begin to tell you. And they were doing it in a van by the starting line in front of everybody <laughs> and just closing the door to the van and in just blood doping, which just boggles my mind that they had the audacity to do that. Sheesh. Um, but yes, and, and the answer is beets. This is strange. Beets. I mean, this is a long shot. It's not really the answer to your question, but it's kind of an answer to your question. Um, nitric oxide is a vasodilator, right? So it would expand a vasodilator, you know, your vessels um, um, dilating, making them bigger. Um, not, not nitrous oxide, like you, you inhaled as a college student to make you happy or whatever, laughing gas, not the same thing, but, um, nitric oxide is a vasodilator, which, um, uh, at any rate would enable red blood cells to go through your veins and arteries quicker and blood flow to be a little quicker because your capillaries would all be expanded and um, your veins and arteries would all be a little, little ex more expanded. That might give you better oxygen uptake because you're turning, think about red blood cells and oxygen utilization as like a ride at Disneyland, right? If the people are the oxygen and the cars are the red blood cells, right? The, the oxygen jumps on these cars, the red blood cells, and goes through the ride and comes back. And then you get off and you have no oxygen anymore. The people are gone. So then the empty car comes along and the people jump on the car and they go around the ride again. Well, that's what if you imagine the red blood cells as the cars and people are the oxygen, that's what happens with oxygen transport, right? So if you could get the same amount of red blood cells to go through the same ride quicker by dilating your, your vessels, your, your, your capillary veins and arteries, um, that would be a plus that would probably increase your VO2 max. I'm guessing, I have not heard this as a study, but I do know there are studies about nitric oxide and nitric oxide is generated from a chemical in beet juice, um, which is why beets are a really good thing for us endurance athletes to eat. Um, and uh, so, and by the way, you get more capillary veins and arteries just from running a low heart rate, which will give you the same kind of benefits for oxygen transport. So the whole thing would make sense because the question was, what can you eat to benefit this system of oxygen uptake? And my only thing I could think of would be if you could dilate the vessels, get the blood flow going quicker, um, you could probably get better oxygen transport, meaning that would be one food you could eat, beets or beet juice, that would give you that. That's cool. Well, thank you. Well, thank you, David, so much. Um, any other tips for our 
Um, people that love their Garmin watch and love seeing their VO2 max <laughs> number going up. I mean, it is a value. It's it's a cool thing to see your numbers go up. It's a, not as good when you see your numbers coming down. Um, but again, you know, two people with different VO2 max levels, the one with the lower number may still be able to beat the one with the higher number because there are other factors involved than just VO2 max. Um, yeah. On a marathon where you really need to utilize fat and meaning oxygen, you know, longer. Yes. And that's the beauty about endurance, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hundred meters won't get you anywhere probably, but yeah, there you go. Well, thank you, David, so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And which, if people want to reach out, can you please say how they can do so again? Oh, of course. Um, I'm on Facebook. You could reach me at David Levine on Facebook, or um, I'm also on Instagram, but I don't see that as much. I should, I do. But um, David L, uh, L as in my last name, Levine, David L at McCourtFoundation.org is my email. Um, M-C-C-O-U-R-T Foundation, F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N, McCourtFoundation.org, David L. at McCourtFoundation.org. There you go. Perfect. Thank you so much, David. Thank you, Letty. Take care. We'll see you. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks again, David, for busting my bubble. <laughs> now I shouldn't just look at my VO2 max number. I mean, I knew that beforehand anyway. I know there's a lot more that goes into fitness. But like we said, it's always nice to have something that tracks it, right? Like you want to know how many miles you ran, there's a number. You want to know how well you feel, there's a number. You want to know how much your body battery recharged overnight wearing a Garmin, there's a number. So, I mean, I guess we as humans just kind of like that because we want something traceable. Yes. That is the danger of these electronic devices. But yeah, so thank you so much. Um, this was super informative and we hope to talk to you soon about another topic. Anything else, Ryan? Have a good week running. All right. Until next time. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, head to www.runningpodcast.us. And as always, have a great week of running.